ओम Worshipping Krishna is purifying. 
material desire may or may not be fulfilled by Krishna. So it's not a it's not a very good platform to preach from. But yes, you chant Hare Krishna, and then all your material desires will be fulfilled because it's a we can't tell Krishna that you must fulfill this desire, nor does he promise to do so. Rather, the idea is that by coming to Krishna consciousness and associating with devotees. One will be purified in the process. Famous example of this in given in Srimad Bhagavatam is Dhruva Maharaj. Everyone, please move more. There's more people. More people. Mahatmas are coming. There's more space here. Yeah, okay. There's so many questions. Uh, Guru Maharaj, what is more important for the second books or Prasadam? <laughs> both are important. Neither should be neglected. But Prabhupada emphasized both, but he especially emphasized book distribution. And practically speaking, we see how book distribution uh, that changes people's lives. Prasadam distribution also, but uh, book distribution changes people's whole way of thinking. So both are absolute. But, and both should go on. But like I say, there's no doubt that Prabhupada put special emphasis on distribution of his books. Uh, will books uh, yeah. about life and service in Grihasa Ashramati or something? Giving up hope. <laughs> Please bless me with a long life. In the meantime, I have spoken many, many times on these subjects. I gave a seminar on this topic, what, 10 years ago in Moscow, or something like that, 10 years ago, and uh, that summarized all the points I had to make. Well, is that available in MP3 format? That brochure is yeah, so. Does anyone have the recordings of those? Those, it's on MP3 disc. You can, you can give. Well, but also, uh, can you give the information and then we can distribute it more widely? Please, you can afterwards give the information. Uh, our Sunday program starts with feast in order to attract uh, uh, devotees. Otherwise, they come to, only to the end of the program, not to the beginning. Is it all right? Uh, can we neglect in such situations? Can we, ne can we neglect uh, scriptures in such situations? In brackets, one of the offenses is to, uh, is to come, uh, to come with temple with, uh, with food which is not digested, and uh, indulging is to come with You can do whatever is necessary to, uh, whatever is seen as uh, favorable for engaging people in hearing and chanting about Krishna. It is an unfortunate but widely observed fact that uh, many people come to the temple on Sundays only for prasanta. not only in Russia. One thing that Prabhupada approved of um, was charging for this Sunday feast. And then uh, people don't, and then if they're coming only for eating, at least they can contribute something. So that's also a possibility. And those who come only for eating, they will protest like anything. Against what? against being charged. You say, it's not right, you shouldn't charge for prasadam. Being the system since time immemorial at Puri, for instance, it's a suggestion. And what can you do? I mean, it's, most people are belly conscious, not Krishna conscious. There are many religions, and uh, <coughs> uh, the essence of, of all religion is one, that one should worship God. Then, 
what is the difference between one religion and another? This is a very big topic, but basically we can say that to worship God, we should know who He is and what He wants of us. That many people who purport to worship God, saying that He is all-merciful, they're involved in the cruel slaughter of animals. Most people who purport to worship God have no knowledge of who He is, and they're not really much interested to know either. Most people who worship God, they do so considering Him to be their servant. They pray to him, you provide this, you solve this problem and that problem. There are very few who are prepared to pray as Jesus prays, your will and not mine be done. Or, or even beyond that in Christian consciousness, the devotee doesn't have a separate desire from that of the Lord. So we can't say that it's all on the same level. Please, uh, to understand what is the actual standard of religion, please study Srimad Bhagavatam, which elaborates on the theme given in one verse, Savai pong sang paro dharmo yato bhaktir adhok shajay ahai tukya pratihata yaya masu prasidati. Someone can give the translation? Someone close. Say paro dharma means topmost religious process. We have Srimad Bhagavatam here for sale. First canto. Alright, so whoever asked this question, if you really want the reply, please see afterward Balaramacharya Das, who is putting his hand up, and he will give you a book which will fully answer this very important question. I was listening to Japo Shiva Prabhupada. So he was chanting while he was inhaling and while he was exhaling. So can we do like this? That's one question. One at a time. Yeah. You're very observant. <laughs> you can do, you can do. But there's no need to practice doing so. Chanting Hare Krishna doesn't depend so much upon technique as upon feeling. It is a matter of love more than technique. Sanatana Gaswami Hare Bhakti Vilas says that Hare Krishna Mahamantra, that the, the sound of Hare Krishna Mahamantra is not different from Shri Shri Radha Madan Mohan, Radha Govinda, and Radha Gopina. Uh, can we. <laughs> Can we meditate upon this instruction while chanting Japa? I'd be grateful if you could, whoever wrote this, could point this out to me, as I was not aware of this quote. Certainly, Krishna Nam is Krishna, and Krishna is Madame Mohan Govinda Gopina. So, we can remember this while chanting. In what way should the elderly widow dress uh, at home or on the way? Can she wear clothes uh, which is other color? It would be nice if full Vedic culture could be adopted in Russia. It's a long way to go. In Bengal, actually in all of North India, most of North India, up to date, widows wear white, although this isn't strictly followed in other parts. It's nice. One thing is that it's not just elderly widows who follow, but even if they're 16 years old, they follow. What is the significance of properly pronouncing mantras and names of the Lord? properly putting stress in etc. has uh, discussed this in the sixth canto of Bhagavatam. That uh, Vedic mantras, the correct usage of Vedic mantras very much depends on correct pronunciation. And if the mantra is not pronounced correctly, then it will have another meaning. It's like we sometimes speak of Baba, and in Russian there's Baba. Alright, okay. I said it wrong. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
So mantras are very powerful, and if they're not properly pronounced, then uh, one may have a completely opposite effect, as became apparent in the advent of Vritrasura, as described in the sixth canto of Bhagavad In the chanting of the holy names of the Lord, because it is a uh, a matter of love, it's on a higher platform than, than karma kandya mantra pronunciation. Krishna sees the love, even if the pronunciation isn't correct. Nevertheless, it's good to learn to pronounce properly. Just like a child may call for the mother and mispronounce, and that is appreciated by the mother nevertheless. But when the child is 20 years old and still doesn't pronounce properly, then it's an embarrassment. If we do not uh, follow the etiquette uh, properly, up to the end, like in all respect. Does it mean that we are Durachara? Durachara. Durachara means uh, bad behavior. So uh, to make a mistake in following sadhacha or proper behavior is uh, is not necessarily Durachara. Durachara means to deliberately, consistently act in a wrong manner. So an occasional mistake does not make one a sinner. Srila Prabhupada says that fear uh, is uh, meant for, for those who are bereft of Krishna consciousness. But I, I am fearful, I'm full of fear, fear of death, fear of uh, some danger, some dangerous situation which can happen at any moment. So despite the fact that we are devotees, what is the meaning of fearfulness? How to become fear, fearless? What is the meaning of fearlessness, or how to become fearless? Fear is, uh, is a principle, characteristic of material consciousness. And fearlessness is a prominent characteristic of Krishna consciousness. So we can't expect that just by picking up a bead bag and putting on some tilak, that we become fully Krishna conscious. As much as we are Krishna conscious, that much we develop the qualities of Krishna consciousness. But uh, that material consciousness which we've been in for millions of lifetimes, we may expect that that will be, the effect of that will be apparent even for quite some time after taking up Krishna consciousness. Some kind of fear is part of Krishna consciousness. We should be afraid of Maya. We shouldn't think that, well, I can just go anywhere and do anything and I won't be affected. We should be afraid of falling away from Krishna consciousness. Therefore, we should be very careful in observing the practices of Krishna consciousness because we're afraid of falling away. On the higher level, a, de de a devotee is afraid, just like Mother Yashoda is afraid that Krishna will come to some harm when he goes in the forest. Mother Yashoda is very particular that Balaram must go with Krishna to protect him. So, Fearlessness, means, uh, or freedom from material fear, means the confidence that Avasya Rakhibe Krishna, Krishna will certainly protect me, even the, the body may be destroyed. Marobi, Rakobi, Jo Itcha Taha, Nidya Dasa Prati Tua Adhika, Bhaktivedanta says that you can uh, kill me or protect me according to your desire. You, that is your prerogative because uh, I am your personal servant. So a devotee is not so much afraid for the body, but a devotee, because he knows that Krishna will protect me spiritually. That is a high level, no doubt. Many years ago, that was 25 years ago, something like that, some gang attacked our temple in Mayapur. There were many, there were, there were not nearly so many devotees in Mayapur at that time. So they were under the illusion that the small deities, the gang, uh, 
there's some rumor given that the, the small deities and uh, puja paraphernalia is all made out of gold. So they came at night and they forcibly entered into the temple room. They were throwing bombs around. And some of our devotees, they uh, they ran away and locked, they locked themselves inside rooms. And others came out to try to protect the deities. So at that time we could see who was advanced and who wasn't, who was more concerned with the safety of the deities than their own safety. How to receive blessings of Lord Chaitanya? to be able to preach. This is mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita. What does it mean? How to be blessed or how to, when the blessings come, how to receive? No, no, how to, how to get the blessings in order to be able to preach. Desire, sincerely. Sincerely means you follow all the practices of Krishna consciousness. Otherwise, they won't be sincere. While performing some action in Krishna consciousness, we get some results. How can we use these results? How can we direct these results towards Guru and Krishna uh, and not to accept, um, uh, not to take these results as our personal gain, not to become proud due to this? What do you mean, how to? It's up to you. If you want to be a rascal, then you be a rascal. If you don't, be a devotee. Either you do everything for Krishna or you do it for your own sense gratification. It's up to you to choose. What is the question? I will be a rascal and a devotee at the same time. I will enjoy sense gratification and at the same time get the result of Krishna consciousness. So what kind of a question is that? You decide. You want to do it for Krishna or you want to do it for yourself? <coughs> Dear Guru Maharaj, should say that we should uh, establish a relationship, uh, different kinds of relationship with different kinds, kinds of devotees, senior devotees, equal devotees and uh, junior devotees. In particular, it is said that with equals we should uh, develop friendship. How should we uh, define the level of devotee so that we may not commit mistake uh, in our relations? Well, the very book which speaks of establishing loving relationships with devotees also defines the which book is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe you only read as far as verse number four. So read a little further and you'll get your answer. What is the answer? Who can say? Ah, that's it. Say very good. Okay, very good. Give the translation. Please study the nectar of instruction for detailed instruction. Very important book. How to improve it. Again, you're looking for techniques. Chanting Hare Krishna is not a material process. You can sit straight. That may help to stop falling asleep. But the real thing is to develop our loving feelings for Krishna. And we have to pray, chant in a prayerful mood. Ai nanda tanaja kinkaram patitam maam vishame bhavam buddho vayatava padapankata stitha dhuli sadrisham vichintaya. Someone can give the translation of this. Hmm? Say loudly. Or you want to say together? Say everyone can say together. There are many of these how-to questions. A generic reply to all of them is that if there's any quality that we want to develop, it's very useful to associate with devotees in whom we perceive that quality is present. So here, how to chant attentively, associate with devotees who chant attentively. How to select a guru, how to, how to choose a guru. Uh, many theories, Srila Prabhupada used to say that that's very important. Uh, usually devotees say that, uh, they give a reply in some uh, general cliches, general forms. Presenter Dmitri from Irsk. You're fine. You'll find this topic summarized with clear directions given, without cliché, in my book, Beginner's Guide to Christian Consciousness.
has Dmitry from Izhevs read this book? Who has this question? Alright, please look at that section again. Okay, Pandit, what's the answer? Give us the verse. Admendria Priti Vancha. Don't know that? Anyone knows? Admendria Priti Vancha Tari Bole Kam Krishnendria Priti Icha Tare Premana. Translation, you want to give? No, no, no. The desire to satisfy one's own senses is called lust. Desire to satisfy Krishna is called prayer. So we have to see, is it, oh, is it, am I doing it for myself or for Krishna? Or oh, 50% for Krishna, 50% for my business deal. You get half, I get half. Krishna says, Saradhaman Bharata Give everything to me. So we can see, what are we doing? Are we really doing everything for Krishna? You see, you look at our own heart and see. Can we do a job to meditate upon the sense, upon the meaning of Mana Mantra, the meaning which was explained by Bhaktivinoda Kaur, uh, where he gives a particular meaning to each and every word of Mana Mantra? That's a pretty high level. Better we, first of all, get fixed in attitude that Prabhupada taught us to adopt in chanting that. O oh Krishna, O oh energy of Krishna, please engage me in your service. Again, not everything is meant for everyone. Different instructions are for different people on different levels. Let us become fixed in the desire to serve without any personal motive. Uh, restriction, the basic restriction is against grains and beans. So these are not grains or beans. And if you're afraid that you may be doing wrong, then you can also not use this. But if you want to be really sure, then just pass all together. It's about milk, is it the grain? Uh, yeah. That was a controversial one. <laughs> 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 Prabhupada used, what was it, peanuts? Honey and butter. Yeah, Prabhupada used to take this on the other day. I don't know, but uh, definitely peanuts and probably honey also. Hari Shoi Prabhupada, I asked him. He was with Prabhupada on many occasions. Like I said, if you want to be more strict, no harm, but it's not forbidden per se. Is it alright to drink juice in the temple? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, traditionally, the uh, people, they wouldn't even drink anything while, while giving lectures. <laughs> For that matter, they used to go on pilgrimage thousands of kilometers barefoot. Well, that was a common practice. People used to go on pilgrimage, they go thousands of kilometers barefoot. That's the next question. What happened? Sorry, you passed. You wouldn't open this small window in order to... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in Japan, she was uh, one of his purpose in the seventh chapter of the Vadi Lula. He mentions that the Lula. That we, we, we are going to present our edition of Vedanta, Vedanta Sutra, probably. Uh, in order to come to the Mayavadis. Will Vedanta Sutra appear in this form? Will it be printed? There are many tasks which Prabhupada left for his disciples to fulfill. I was recently, just before I left India, I speak with Gopi Paramitam, the Prabhu, has translated the Brihad Bhagavatamrita with commentaries, so, which is a major work in itself. So, he's open to school. 
the idea is that some of the devotees that come out of this, they can serve as translators for the PPT. Um, they wanted to, he was telling me some of the things they want to translate, Vedanta Sutra Upanishads. Vedanta Sutra has been translated by Kushukratha Prabhu. But it needs a much more thorough exposition to be communicable. Two days later, it was said in the verse that, in the one verse, it was said in the verse that they man should uh, inquire about absolute truth, Krishna. In the next verse, it is said about Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. How can we explain? each of these uh, aspects to the people who ask about them. No, actually in the verse it doesn't say one should inquire into Krishna specifically, but into the absolute truth. When someone is, from the material platform, if someone is inquiring into the absolute truth, they don't see Krishna first, they're looking for the truth. They have, they have a vague idea of what the truth is, and when that idea becomes specific, that becomes, then they understand Krishna. How can we explain these three aspects? Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan to ordinary people. We can't. It's not for ordinary people to understand such matter. People who have become a bit advanced in spiritual knowledge, they can begin to understand these topics. The uh, book distributors, they're going out and meeting so many different people. So what do you think? The average person that you meet, it's a good idea to try to explain to them about Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. You can give them Srimad Bhagavatam, in which these topics are systematically explained. But just to meet someone whose consciousness is absorbed in, in, in getting money and spending money and taking their dog for a walk and painting their apartment and all these kinds of things. Just to suddenly start talking to them about Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. It's not a it's not a realistic proposition. These books are being distributed to help raise people to a higher platform of consciousness. And it has that effect. As Prabhupada wrote in a letter to a disciple who was one of his most eloquent speakers, he said, What is what use will your lecture your three minute lecture or three minute talking to them? But if they take a book, that may change their life. That's why I'm, you know, different devotees have different approaches to preaching. Personally, I'm very much in favor of you know, giving the, give the books directly. Speak the facts of Krishna consciousness directly. At a level, people can understand. Most people are at primary level. There are other methods, indirect methods. Talking about psychology or Ayurveda or Vastu or subtle energies or this or that. So it's, it is possible by attracting people's interest in one thing to gradually bring their attention to the real thing, which is Krishna consciousness. That will be successful if, first of all, if such people, when you start actually coming to Krishna consciousness, they actually become interested in Krishna consciousness, because they came, they're interested in something material, so it's, uh, once you start talking about spiritual, actual genuine spiritual topics, the number of people who will remain interested will much decrease. And um, it will also be seen if this indirect preaching is successful, if after you speak to them about Krishna consciousness, they understand that the astrology or vastu or subtle energies or psychology or whatever it was that you used to attract their attention in the first place is of no actual importance and only Krishna consciousness is of actual intrinsic importance. That we ourselves have to be convinced of that. There is a danger that if we ourselves talk so many indirect things, we may start to think of it as being actually important. They use this phrase, bridge preaching. Have you heard of that? They talk of that in this country. Bridge. You make a bridge between the material and the spiritual. That you talk like this, yoga or something. You talk about something which is not Krishna consciousness. But many times we find that devotees who do this, they themselves become more, more, more like a, you know, like a 
new age materialist than a pure devotee. So always indirect, 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 and then we, we lose the faith to say directly what we need to say. The real thing we have to tell people is they're not the body, we are eternal, spirit, soul, part and parcel of Krishna, who is the Supreme Personality of God. So Prabhupada's books are very powerful, change people's lives. That cannot necessarily be said of so many books which are, you know, talking on some indirect platform. You know, they're, they're not going to make people Krishna conscious. You could have, you know, hundreds of books of yoga and morals and psychology and astrology and subtle energies, but there's not going to make people Krishna conscious. <coughs> Ultimately, what makes people Krishna conscious is Krishna conscious, nothing else. true that we shouldn't step on the shadow of and if one steps on its on her shadow, then he goes to hell. It is generally considered like that. It's very difficult with modern electric lights, which okay. produce these multiple shadows in all directions. For that matter, if you live in Russia, you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> You're living among people who are very simple. Is it true that you uh, came? Uh, this last time when you came to Nag- when you come to Nagarjuna Chandra. What's the question? Is it true that you came here for the last time? It's your last visit. Well, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any plan like that. Yeah, just... uh, you never know. Everything's in Krishna's hands. Sorry for all my offenses. If, I mean, please forgive me, and uh, I would, you know, I'd like to come. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should be the last time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying maybe it should be the last time I come to Navarishni Chalman. Maybe I should just stay here and then it would be the last time. Yeah. I'd like to. Yeah. And we can all stay here and this festival can go on and on and on. Everyone can forget their homes, their jobs, and so on. What do you think, Raja Well, there are just a couple of problems. One thing is that uh, I have devotees expecting me in different places. I'm so sinful that various devotees around the world being very merciful are calling me so that they can purify me by their association. <laughs> Another thing is that uh, Mr. Putin only gave me permission to stay for a few more days. So if I stay here, I in Navarishni Chalni, I might have to stay in the prison, if there is one. <laughs> so I could do some prison preaching, maybe. <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> Have you finished the uh, book on Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati? Uh, what about Vaishnava uh, etiquette? The answer is no, niet e niet. Actually, I don't ever want to finish writing this book on Bhakti Siddhanta It's so relishable writing it that I just want to go on forever. But actually, the writing is more or less finished. I planned to have it finished before I left India this time, but as fate would have it, I didn't. And after all these years of working on it, just this morning I had a new idea of something I should include in it, which is a list of disciples' names, as many as can be collected. Anyway, now I'm traveling around the world. I mean, if I don't stay in Navarishni Chan, so it'll be difficult to finish that before I return to India. But even after I return to India, I don't see any time free for extended writing until maybe January. So when it's finished, I have it has to be. 
proofread, laid out an index which will take at least another two or three months. And I am mean, very much looking forward, I very much want that it will be published. I think by uh, next time I come it should be at least be at the press. Write that etiquette book, well I almost finished that also. About five years ago I thought, well I almost finished my book to stand book, let me just do that little bit of work and then I'll go back to the etiquette and then uh, so much new material became revealed to me that in my book on Bugstones, and instead of just finishing it off, it became more than double the size. But I can say it will be an excellent book, not as a matter of self-praise, but because he himself, the, the subject matter is so wonderful. And it's my great fortune to be <coughs> engaged in this service. Would you like to have your Vyasa Puja in Russia? I don't like it anyway. I like to see how devotees are enthusiastic to start Prabhupada's mission. And it gives me some hope that uh, when I see devotees so enthusiastic, it gives me some, in some inspiration that I may also be uh, favorably engaged in Prabhupada's service. So different years, different devotees, different places are arranging so that I can worship Vyas. That is by Vyasa Puja. Possible that that be done in future, sometime in Russia. Please tell some interesting story which mm -hmm. happened during your pilgrimage to holy places of India. Tell a story and we shall enjoy it. All right, I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> in one holy place, I was sitting in the Dharmshala early in the morning, and I got up and took bath and put on tea like and everything. And I started chanting, Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> This, the answer to this question encompasses all the activities and the whole attitude of our very life. One thing is, I never made any arrangement for my future maintenance or financial benefit or any such thing. Better not to depend on money, depend on Krishna. I don't have any money actually. Giving donations, but in India I have all the money in the ISKCON bank accounts, not personal bank accounts. So I don't have to write a will because it's already, I don't have anything. <laughs> so if someday Yisqon decides they don't like me, then, then I'll also be depending fully on Krishna in another form. In another form. So that's one thing. Of course, householders, they have to make some financial arrangement for their families. But uh, <coughs> sannyas is meant to be the life of complete dependence upon Krishna. So that's one path. Actually, there's three minutes to go, so you can all stretch your legs and chant Hare Krishna. I also do the same. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.